Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the Print On Demand cast. Uh, I'm Travis, and uh, this week I'm still um, uh, eagerly awaiting the return of Josiah. Uh, he's actually just reached out to me, and he's um, going to be back. Uh, well, actually, he's in town now, but we weren't able to record for uh, this particular episode. But he's going to be back. We're going to record, um, so you'll hear his sultry voice on the microphone uh, next week <laughs> here on the Brent on the Bandcast. Uh, so we're really excited to get him back um, and just have a conversation and see how he's doing, you know, all of that. I, ha- I haven't actually really had an opportunity to talk to him very much. Um, it's mainly been over text. So, uh, but, but yeah, we're going to uh, kind of jump back into things next week. Uh, we'll have a conversation. I'm not sure what our topic will be, but then we'll kind of get back in the swing of things with uh, some interviews and all that. So this week, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different than we've done in the past. Um, we're actually going to re-release a episode from season one, uh, the podcast episode 17, talking about utilizing virtual assistance and then um, direct to film printing. Uh, so basically what the reason we're doing this one, I looked through our stats and it's, it's one of the, um, it happened like right at the beginning of kind of the crazy season. We actually released it on December 16th of last year. So, um, those December downloads are low just because everybody's doing so many other things. So we looked through it. It looked like it was the one that had gotten, uh, it was one of the few that hadn't gotten a lot of listens. And so we thought, well, if, if people haven't had a chance to listen to it, it's actually a really good topic, utilizing virtual assistance to further your business forward. So we thought it would be appropriate, um, to be this week's episode for you since I don't have, I didn't have the time to, um, to record anything. And obviously Josiah's, uh, been away. So, um, so yeah, hopefully you guys aren't too mad at us for re-releasing something. Maybe it's, uh, some of you obviously probably heard this, but, um, it is from, you know, from a while back. So if you're a newer listener, you probably haven't had an opportunity to hear this episode and it's a really good one. So, um, I just want to remind you to, uh, to go to our Facebook group, uh, printondemandcast.com slash Facebook. Please join us in there. There's probably every day there's a few more people kind of trickling in, but uh, it would be great if you jumped in there and uh, joined us and, and we're just part of that community. We're trying to grow that community as best we can. Uh, so, and then, uh, also take a, t- take a minute to rate and review, uh, the show on wherever you get it. If you get it at, you know, iTunes or Spotify, I don't even know if all of those places have ways to rate the podcast. I know obviously iTunes does, but, um, if you can rate it, that would be awesome. We'd really appreciate it. Um, it would, yeah, just mean a lot and, um, further the ability for more people to, to kind of get this information. So, uh, with that, I'm not going to come on at the end. I'm just going to let the end be the end, but with that, I'm going to turn it over to myself and Josiah for episode 17 rerun, if you will, utilizing virtual assistance in your business. All right. See you next week. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Print On Demand cast. We are so happy and thankful that you join us each and every week. And uh, this week, it will be no different because it's going to be an awesome show. And Travis Ross is joining me once again. Travis, how's it going, man? How's uh, 
How's things been going for you during the midst of Q4? Yeah, man, it's been a crazy week, crazy week. Last week, um, we talked about how we were recording this on a Saturday, releasing it on a Wednesday. Same thing goes this week. So we are in the middle <laughs> of the chaos. Yeah. And every day it's, you know, tons and tons of orders and, um, you know, getting as many things out as we possibly can. The right. Monday was just insane. I'm, I'm expecting the same from this Monday. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely keeping me busy, you know, at, uh, off the streets and out of the bars, although COVID does that anyway. So yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know what I'd be doing otherwise. Well, I, don't know, I don't know about <laughs> off the streets. I mean, if you live in California, there's things that you are still legal to do on the street. Yeah. <laughs> safely apparently but um yeah dude i remember i i texted you on wednesday and said hey are we recording tonight and you're like i'm i'm still at the shop and i was like well okay that works because i just got done working so that, i mean that's like uh it's yeah. uh it, it is the season i think you posted uh what was the it mug the that season. you posted um the the work-related oh, the, joke the light at the end of the tunnel joke yeah what was that yeah it said something like uh it was like a notice um, due to the extreme busyness of the season, the light at the end of the tunnel will be turned out until further notice. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. Um, I, in yeah. fact, you know, I I, uh, I was talking to one of our production workers this week because we just had stuff stacking up in, in droves, which is a good problem to have. But I said, sometimes I, I want to reach out to these clients and ask if I made them mad personally for them to punish us this way. But it's, <laughs> of course, a joke, but because uh, it, it's what we want to happen. But sometimes it's like, man, there's just so much to do and there's only so many hours in a day and days in a week. Um, but again, it's what we're what we do it for. It's why we're here. It's what we're, yep. why we yep. have the business is to make money. And uh, we're going to go to our point of interest. But before we do, I just want to say also and bring up we received uh, an email this last week uh, of someone, a fan of the show, and, and wanting to see if uh, one of her um, the bosses that she works for can, can be a guest on the show. So that's going to be coming up, I think, in January. But the point of this is to say we really enjoy hearing your guys' feedback. I know it was really cool for us to read her comments about our mm-hmm. witty repartee and, and banter um, that we have been Of course, she could have just been, she could have just been <laughs> trying to flatter us. But, you know, the, we'll... We'll That's actually true. believe the best. That's true. I, I choose to believe, uh, and I'll live in the world where she actually likes our witty repartee that we've been perfecting for four <laughs> years um, as friends So, uh, and bringing to this mm-hmm. podcast. But, yeah, it was really cool. So, guys, if you uh, have feedback or topics or anything like that, we want to hear from you. Again, info at printondemandcast.com. Reach out to us. We want to hear from you. So with that being said, we're going to transition to this week's point of interest. This is the point of interest. Please listen with your ear holes. Prepare for launch. This week's point of interest is something you brought to my attention. Uh, and you said, hey, have you heard of DTF? And I said, time out. Of course I have. <laughs> I hope we're not talking about the same thing. And then you had to explain to me what DTF was, and it's actually... A really cool new print process, direct-to-film printing. Um, I feel like mm-hmm. whoever invented this did that on purpose, the DTF acronym. They're like, I, this is going to catch on. It's going to be funny. I'm doing, I'm naming it this <laughs> on purpose. Also, it, it is literally printing it on film. So, Travis, tell us a little bit about uh, what kind of film do you print on? Is it like 
transparencies when I was a kid in church. We had those overhead transparencies that we would use for the lights. Oh, yeah, I remember those. remember those. Is it that kind of transparency? Totally. What are we talking about when we talk about film print, direct to film printing? Yeah, well, uh, it's it's actually the a PET film or PET film. It's um, the technical word for the acronym is. Uh, I'm going to try to, I'm going to butcher this polyethylene, <laughs> terephthalate glycol <laughs> modified film. So True. that's, uh, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and, and basically you, you, um, you print on this film and it, it, it's almost like a transfer, but it's not like a vinyl or a screen printed transfer because you can use most any type of, um, uh, desk jet or even DTG printer. If you're using the right inks and you've got the right rip to where it lays down the, right. you know, everything in the right way. But, but, but it's really cool because it doesn't limit you like, like DTG limits you to, to cotton, um, fabrics pro- primarily. I mean, there are some poly pre-treats that you can you know, sure. play with and such, but on this, these DTF machines, you can print on both dark light garments as well as like, I mean, those can be cotton, polyester, sure. 50-50 blends, tri-blends, yep. even spandex or leather. leather. It's very yeah. flexible. Yeah. It's so spandex, which, you know how which could be spandex, a cool, spandex is super flexible. Yeah, it could be a cool solution because I, I get a lot of people asking, can you print down the sides of leggings, the really thin spandex? Yep. And it's like, well, we can we can do some R&D and, and research that and see how it will hold on a DTG machine. I can't promise anything using the different, yeah. you know, poly pretreat, but this seems like a cool solution solution for that and leather as well as cool. I saw in a, one of the videos we were watching before we press record, someone printed on like a leather journal, like they transferred directly to the cover of a mm-hmm. of a book basically, which is cool. So, tell us a little bit about about the process. I know it's a multi-step process. What does that look yeah. like? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of people are saying this is this is the DTG killer. <laughs> Um, it's brand sure. new, and I don't know that I would go as far as to say it's the DTG killer. Killer, right? Um, but yeah, but I mean, it's it's definitely kind of the new kid on the block, and it's starting to gain some some attention. Yeah. Uh, the process, basically, the cool part about it, and why I mentioned DTG, um, is that DTF doesn't need any pretreating, which right. is kind of the bane of the DTGers existence. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, because you, you never box, know. Yeah. It, yeah, you get the the box and then you have to figure out how much pre-treat to use on this type of garment. And when you switch companies, you're using a Gildan or you're using a, yep. you know, next level or a Bella. It's all, you know, technically the, the manufacturers say, we'll use this much pre-treat on this color and this. It, it can get to be really, really frustrating. Well, with DTF, yeah. you don't need any of that. You don't need a pre-treat. You're just literally going to take your your printer is going to print on this film um, and what it does is it lays down the color first and then – and this is all through the RIP software. It does sure. this. Uh, the RIP software tells it to lay the color first and then it lays the white, uh, the you know, the Just backing in, yeah, on okay. top of that you know, um, for your, your print. And then what it does or what you have to do is – once you've got that, you put this dust on it or this kind of – powder. It's not as thick as – yeah, it's like a powder. Exactly. And what that powder does is you get it all over the white and then you are actually going to either put that in an oven or hover press with your heat press over it um, so that, that those granules basically become the adhesive right. for this you know, transfer. It, it takes the so place of the pre-treat the in the process, right? Yeah, it's going to actually adhese the – 
to the, the garment. transfer to yeah. the to the garment. So then once you've you know done that, you basically turn it over onto the garment, laying on the heat press. And so uh, another cool thing is it, now I'm actually looking through the transfer at the colored part or like the yeah. actual design. It's not mirrored. It's it's exactly what I'm going to see. So I can line it up super easy because I know exactly where it's going to go on the shirt. Yeah. Then I, I literally heat press it for 10 to 15 seconds. Um, the heat press pops up and I peel that PET film off. And it's actually a gorgeous, gorgeous print. The it's whites very, yeah, are very vibrant. super, super. Yeah. Yeah. There, it, it's a really, it's really a pretty end product. Yeah. Um, I wonder, so how, I don't know. I wonder I mean, how it feels on the shirt. Cause my, my qualm with vinyl yeah. sometimes is that it feels like I'm wearing a big sticker and it can be heavy. So I, I, don't, I wonder yep. with this transparent film, if it's a little bit lighter, it, it's probably not as breathable as DTG, obviously, because you're not actually printing onto right. the fibers, you're just laying something on top of it. But you know, if, if it feels yep. good, if it's if it doesn't feel heavy and thick, I think that it's even something that I'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll, I would wear a shirt with this process done to it. You know, at, at mm-hmm. seeing how it feels in the end. But so I know that there's some desktop units, the Epson L1800 well, conversion. Um, mm-hmm. people are converting Epson printers for this, just different inks and getting yeah. it, getting it all ready to go. Uh, it's around 2000 to $2,500 with a max printing area of 11 and a half by 16 and a half, which is close to a medium platen on, uh, on mm-hmm. a DTG printer. So you can get similar sizing. Um, and I know that's the a three model and some desktop units do a four, which is, which is smaller. So that's kind of like the. I guess the barrier of entry, kind of like how you retrofitted your printer for uh, sublimation in the beginning to see if this is something right. you wanted to do. This is something that someone could get into and see if it's even, you know, they can gain traction using this particular model of printing or method, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually what I was thinking of doing, potentially getting into one of these, um, you know, desktop units for a couple grand yeah. Um, testing it out, seeing what I like about it, seeing what I don't like about it, seeing if it's something that could potentially, um, you know, help us, uh, help us get product out the door. Sure. Um, they do, there is a current, there's an industrial unit, um, that is, uh, sold. Well, it's, there's a, a distributor out, out in California that's got them for around $17,000. Okay. Um, the cool thing about it is that it uses a roll. Um, of paper right. and it's a wide roll. I think it's like a 24 inch PET roll. And so wow. there's no minimum size. Well, 24 inches, <laughs> but, well, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you can make it really yeah. long. You could very easily, like you were saying, you could, you could print all the way down a legging, right. you know, really easily. As long as you have a press that size, that's sure. the, that's the downside. Sure. You have to make sure your press is as big as your print. Um, it all, the also, it also comes with a machine, um, that like actually shakes the dust onto the paper. So when it comes sure. out and I, I, I couldn't confirm whether or not it also heats it as it's going through that to where it like, when it comes out, it's ready it's to ready press to or if you right. still have to, you know, uh, heat that powder onto the white to create right. the adhesion. But right. reg- regardless, um, just having that machine that does the dust thing, you don't have to have the dust all out and, sure. you know, in a make bin a and you're yeah. shaking it on. Yeah. Make a mess. It's just all contained. Um, right. but the cool thing about this particular machine is that with the right, um, with the right, 
uh, RIP software, it can do up to 200 transfers per hour. Obviously, that depends on the size of the transfer. Sure. But, I mean, can you imagine having 200 transfers that you can literally take off your machine, cut, throw on a shirt, and all you're doing is pressing them for 10 right. to 15 seconds? Right. Um, I mean, right there, it that's an incredible uh, yeah. productivity boost to your business. Yeah. Not only that, but like I was telling you earlier – you know, when you mess up a print, you can see it because you're looking at the print. You're like, oh, those those reds aren't red enough or whatever. And I just ruined, you know, a 50 cent transfer or, right. you know, as opposed to a ten dollar hoodie <laughs> that <laughs> right. I printed on. Right. Um, you know, so there's there's some savings there as well. So there's a lot of a lot of really cool benefits to uh, to this new technology. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about seeing where it's going to go. It hasn't. I mean, it's like I say, it's pretty brand new from what I can tell. Um, you know, no big companies here. No, there's no Epson machine that does this. You know, you have to convert it. There's no brother. There's no Coldesi. There's no, you know, none of the big guys are doing any of this stuff yet, but who knows, you know, in the next year or two, you might go to a trade show and see a DTF machine right next to the, to the brother, you know, GTX pro or uh, just kind of in that same, that same yeah. family yeah. of printers. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it does sound awesome, man. I think it's um it's it's interesting to see how this the print on demand industry keeps evolving and the new technologies and the new the new print methods that are being brought up. Um two hundred transfers an hour is pretty powerful. I, I would think that wow. the machine would almost have to heat them. If you I mean, I guess it, if you want it to be a set it and forget it scenario, you'd hope that they would just kind of come out all ready to, to press without having to you know, cure the, the powder yeah. to the, to the ink basically. But uh, <clears throat> either way, like you said, huge productivity boost and it's something that we'll keep on our radar. Uh, and if uh, those of you listening have any questions about it, uh, you know, again, shoot us an email or if you know more about it than we do, if you're doing it, are you out there and you're doing DTF printing and you're holding out on us, let us know. We would love to talk to you about <laughs> the process or what you're experiencing. Um, it'd be a lot of fun. So, with that, I think we're going to transition out of the point of interest, and we're going to talk about something that you know some, it feels like not a lot of people know about. Because when I talk to people about this particular topic, they always have a question of what are they, how do I get them, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy and, and excited to cover this topic for this week's main event. Hey, hey, hey! It's time for the main event. So, Travis, tell us, man. Tell us what what are we talking about for the main event of this week's episode? This week's main event, we're going to be talking everything virtual assistance, or yes. the acronym for that is VA. Um, wow. Everybody talks about oh well, I talk about my VA. Uh, I had my VA do this and that. Um, it's just a virtual assistant. Virtual meaning they don't they don't actually come to work in your facility or in your home. Right. They are virtual. They are right either in a foreign country, they could be even in America, uh, uh, you know, the U.S., Canada, wherever. It doesn't really matter. As long as they are virtual to you, they right. are considered a VA. Yep. And there's and a lot of ways to, like, inter- in- introduce these guys into particularly particularly a POD business. But, like, these – like, VAs are used in, you know – All kinds. Pretty much every yeah. business. Yeah. yeah. So there, there are kind of there, there's some usual suspects that you can use a VA to to help you accomplish 
uh, tasks. Josiah, like yeah. what, what could a, a business use a VA for? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we call these the usual suspects because like Travis said, these are kind of um, wide reaching uses for VAs in every business model, not necessarily just uh, print on demand. But uh, one of them would be bookkeeping because I know that uh, I, I hate I hate numbers. And uh, I, I, would, I, would, I would rather uh, walk on a bed of hot coals than have to reconcile finances and numbers. I would, I would want to cause myself physical harm. So a lot of people outsource their bookkeeping to a VA, uh, customer service. I mean, you see this, yeah. You know, and, and even great big one. companies, customer service. You know, you, you're always kind of uh, transferred to the customer service line, and you can tell. One way or the other, that either the person's not in the same country, or you know what I mean. It's just it's you can tell that they've they've outsourced it. Well, they're using VAs for this. They're using people whether on the phone, right. typing emails, what have you, to to respond to needs, so that the owner of the company and the employees don't have to worry about that. They can keep making money and keep growing the business. And then personal assistance or a PVA, which it doesn't. It's not an actual acronym. I I just say PVA because it sounds funny to me. So personal <laughs> assistant. Personal virtual assistant, <laughs> making your appointments, uh, scheduling your meetings, you know, mm-hmm. ca- making your dentist appointment, whatever, whatever you want to do. On, yeah, on so, a personal. Social media. Yep. Social you know, media. A lot posting of people for use it for that. Yeah. Yeah. Social media, not not just as a, your personal assistant, but just your social media manager. A lot of people use uh, their VAs to post, mm-hmm. maybe provide the content for them, and then they, they, they post it and they boost it and they, you know, do all that, this, the ad sales and stuff like that. So um, very, very useful. Um, so, and then, mm-hmm. uh, so you can go to, to dr- from, from the usual sauce suspects to in a drop shipping model, Travis, which, which you've done, uh, how do you implement VAs in, in a drop shipping model, um, for print on demand? Sure. I mean, there's obviously those usual suspects, of course, um, would include, would be included in the potential use of a VA in a drop ship model. Uh, but the one that I started with when I way back when I was starting with Merch by Amazon, well, I had VAs before when I was just doing uh, like retail arbitrage and uh, we used them for some wholesale sourcing. Yep. Um, I would call those usual suspects more administrative VAs, sort, you know, basically compiling lists that then we would contact and things like that. But for sure. specifically for my print on demand business, I started using graphic designers. That was pretty early on when I was doing, you know, some merch by Amazon. I would design some things, but I quickly realized that I don't have this, the skills necessary to create really good graphic design. Um, I right. didn't go to school for it. Um, I just kind of learned it as I go. And I, there's just way better yeah. people out there yeah. than than what I could do. So I used it for graphic design. I would hire people. I would, in some some cases, I would pay them by by the job or by the design. Um, in other cases, I would pay them by the hour and ask them to create a certain number of a certain number of designs per day. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so graphic design is one. Um, another way that we utilized VAs was listing content. Again, back to Merch by Amazon. Everybody knows, you know, if, if you're on Merch <laughs> by Amazon, the the most tedious part of that, and and it has gotten better as they've grown as a platform. But just uploading shirt after shirt after shirt. Right. Um, I think now they have some. Yeah, they have some in in house 
upload tools and things like that to where you can put the same design on multiple products, which really helped the process a lot. But, yeah. um, so from, from merch by Amazon help, you know, allowing people to, to upload to your account. And then for us, we early on moved into, uh, Amazon flat files and, uh, basically ex- Excel spreadsheets. We talked yeah. about organizing designs in the past and we won't really go into what they are, but basically, um, you're creating spreadsheets that will then create listings on right. Amazon or on quicker. Walmart or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. have, I have VAs, um, creating flat file or creating express Excel spreadsheets for Walmart for, uh, uh, for Amazon, for wish.com, um, you know, we've talked about, there's a, there's a tool you can upload to Etsy for Shopify, all of those right. we have spreadsheets for, and, um, using, uh, I, for me, bookkeeping isn't as bad as spreadsheets. Like you would rather walk sure. on hot coals than do bookkeeping. <laughs> I would rather walk on hot coals than do, do spreadsheets. spreadsheets. I mean, yeah, yeah both are, you know, you have to do them if you're doing this stuff. I mean, right. I guess you don't have to, but it'll definitely it'll grow limit your, your ability to grow. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that that whole idea of flat files is something that I hate uh, because it, 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 it's a learning <laughs> curve and and it can be kind of overwhelming. And I know that Jason has uh, sure. kind of finally mastered and got a handle on flat files. And so he's, he, and he's like, dude, I, Travis, cause you've, you've t- preached to us the gospel of flat files for years now about how we just need to start doing those. <laughs> and now that Jason's finally got a hold on him, a hold of him, he's like, man, yeah, this, this is the only way to do it. You can 10 X your volume and your listing volume yep. really, really quickly just by using a flat file and, and training VAs, how to use it and do it all for you, uh, which is huge. Yeah. So I agree, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, and in-house production, you know, you can use them a lot of well, this, think, the same way. I, I, Go ahead. I was just going to say there's a couple more ways to use them in the dropship model. I think, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. in this yeah. in this day and age with with Etsy and the rise of, you know, custom graphics yep. and custom listings. Yeah. Uh, you can really implement VAs in your order process, basically just – you know, if they have Photoshop, opening up that file and typing in that person's name. Right. And then, you know, so order fulfillment, particularly with custom graphics, that's a huge one for yeah. particularly for the dropship model. You know, if, if you're doing Etsy, it's it's very, very popular. I hear a lot yeah. of people are doing really well with custom listings, yep. particularly on Etsy. And so they, you know, literally the, the thing comes in, the email comes in, you either forward it to them or you send it to an email that your VA right. has access to. Right. They go in, they see the order, they get the SKU or the, you know, the file or whatever they open up in Photoshop or whatever editing tool they have. They change out the, the requisite um, information and then they upload that to the order on the channel that it was sold on. So if it was Etsy and right. you have a particular print on demand guy, you send it to him or somehow get it to that um, attach it to that order somehow to where, and then you don't ever have to touch it again. This is the whole idea of scaling. You should be working on your business, not in your business. And as a print on demand, um, entrepreneur, if you will, if that's such a thing, um, (laughs) that's no different. You should be working 
on your business and not in it. Now, you shouldn't be creating the graphics for every sure. custom order that comes in. Right. You should be having someone else do that so you can create new products, so you can come up with new ways to make money yeah. working on your business. So, I mean, that's kind of, we should have probably started with that because <laughs> that really is kind of the undergirding or underlying philosophy of using VAs. It's freeing you up to be able to work on your business. Right. Um, and it's super important. So you were going to start, you were going to tell us about like in-house production yeah, in some ways well, there's, there's to a use lot that. Of, there's a lot of overlap, VAs. I think, um, from job shipping and in-house because, you know, we use VAs for graphic production or graphic design. Um, we use them for mm-hmm. listing content, flat files, same thing, custom graphics. Um, so I think in yep. addition to all of those that we just talked about, one thing that you can use them for also is shipping labels and pick lists. Because I know for us, the VAs that we employ live in the Philippines. And let me just say real quick, because a lot of people I've have, I've had this kind of discussion of like, well, isn't that kind of like, you know, cheap labor to employ them in mm. the Philippines? And isn't it a moral issue? <laughs> and uh, I'll just say <laughs> that it's, it's a win-win situation for everybody because from all the VAs that we've talked to, a VA position in the Philippines is really, really... Uh, sought after because they get to work from home, yeah. they get to do what they love, get to be with their families. Uh, and for us, it's advantageous because it is very, a very low dollar per hour or dollar per project um, work that we that we mm-hmm. can get and pay for. But the other ad- advantage of it is that when we go to sleep, if if your if your VA is is in another country or in the Philippines like ours are, uh, they they're working while we're asleep. And so yeah. they can they can go in while we're asleep and uh, go go into your ship station, go into your Amazon, whatever order channel you use, whatever fulfillment process you mm-hmm. use, and uh, they can get the labels ready, put the you know in, input all the weight information, get the order summaries, mm-hmm. the pick list, the labels, create the batch, and in the morning all you do is walk in and press print, and and you're good to go. So. Um, that's another yep. thing that you can utilize them for, which is, which is really handy. Cause again, it's all about saving you time and you know, the more yeah. time you save, the more productive you can be, the more products you can produce, the more orders you fulfill. It's, it's a snowball effect. So I think that would be, do you have any other ones for in-house production other than shipping labels, pick lists, no, I, stuff like that? I mean, I mean, I obviously like, like you said, all of those, um, you know, it, it works the same with the drop ship model for your in-house. I mean, like uh, for us, we do use them to to create our pick list and our shipping labels and things like that, as well as all of the print files, which is, you know, it's similar. So right. when we have custom things, they're they're creating that. So when we come in, all we're doing is pressing print. Now, yeah. instead of sending it off like a drop shipper, they would send it off, obviously, to the, the end fulfillment sure. house for us. They're just creating folders on our server, and they're actually using uh, remote software um, team viewer uh, sure. to come into our spot, into our space, clickety clackety, make the stuff, and then when right. we get there, it's all in a server or in a folder that says you know print files, and then there's a date on that print, and then right. all of the print files that are associated with all of the labels and the, the stuff that they uh, created for that day, uh, they're all right there. So we know exactly what we're needing to print and we know exactly what labels need to go on them. We've got it all kind of worked out. So, um, there's a lot of benefit to that. You're not sitting there doing all of that stuff or paying somebody 
sure. you know, uh, an American or a U.S. wage to do <laughs> right. that when, right. like you said, when you can pay a, a quite a bit less for somebody and have them all ready for you the moment your team walks in the door. Yeah. It's pretty beneficial. Yeah, it's. I think it's super beneficial. And, you know, you're, those of you listening are like, this is great. Um, uh, well, first, before we get on, get to where we find them, let's talk about Travis onboarding because there needs to be an onboarding mm. process just like if you're hiring an employee that's going to be in your shop every day, you know. Uh, yeah. you, you, need, you need to kind of uh, vet them. You need to do your homework. I know there's some some of the, the places that you use to hire can help you with that. Um, but, you know, one of the first mm-hmm. things that we've done is we'll usually schedule a Skype interview, a Skype phone call, something like that, to talk to them, get a feel for them, uh, and, and kind of do an interview like, hey, this is what we're looking for you to do. What's your experience? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, kind of develop a rapport. Because uh, I can't, nice. I will say that VAs like to feel uh, appreciated. Everyone does, but but it seems like for the ones we employ, at least from the Philippines, person being personable and, and telling them they're doing a good job is, is he goes a long way with them to motivate them to just keep crushing it. So, um, but how do you, Travis, when you're when you're onboarding someone, what's some of the processes that you're using? Uh, to bring them on board for your team to get them equipped to do what they need to do. Yeah, so one of the biggest, I think, hurdles for people um, in hiring a VA is that you're basically giving these people access to your stuff. You're giving them access to yeah. to all your accounts and all of this stuff. And so there's a fear. There's, I mean, it's 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 legitimate. It's a fear that they could, you know, mess something up or or steal something. You know, worst yep. case scenario. They are, you know, they have bad intentions and they're going to blow something up and they're going to take <laughs> something or do something, you yeah. know, uh, bad in your account. So one of the first things that we do when we actually um, onboard somebody is we give them access to uh, we, we have them created a, a LastPass account. And LastPass is a password manager tool that we pay for that is really, really invaluable in our business and, and what it allows us to do. Yeah. is share passwords or share login credentials with our team without allowing them to see the password itself. So I can share. So in other words, Josiah, if you work for me, I can share it, share this, this website, like my Amazon seller central account or, sure. or, you know, my Etsy account or any of those things, uh, my ship station, I can send that to you with, and you can click on a, a button and it'll open it up and autofill the password to where you can't see it and log you into those accounts. And then if that person, you know, is a bad apple or I have to fire them after a few months or I just, you know, whatever, I can literally just unshare all of the things that I've shared with them in LastPass and they no longer have access. They've never seen my passwords and it's a clean break. Um, Same thing for Google. We use same thing for Google Sheets. We you know, share it with an email. And then once they quit, we take that, we unshare everything from right. that email. Um, one of the, another, another thing that we add them to is Slack. You were talking about, um, communication and, and yep. kind of attaboys, you know, yep. good job and things like that. Uh, that I, I totally agree. That's super, super important. So we use a tool called Slack and we use it internally as well. It's really great. Every single yep. one of our computers that are different, um, station. So we have, you know, six different departments, every computer at the, each department has a Slack 
um, address. So literally, if I want to talk to somebody that's back in the DTG area, I just can Slack them a message. It's basically a communication yeah. tool, but yeah. I can Slack them a direct message. I can create a group, a channel for everybody. Um, I can talk individually to the VAs. Um, they can ask me questions. They can ask the other people questions. It's a great, um, it's all internal. Yeah. You can transfer yeah. files that way. Very, very beneficial. Um, and again, we share it to their email and then uh, they come into our workspace if if they have to leave or if they you know they have to get fired or they quit or whatever we sure. can take them out of that and then they don't have access to it um, and then the final thing that we use in onboarding we use a software called hubstaff that the VAs will install on their computer and anytime they're working for us they basically click a button and it starts tracking their time and that's what we use to pay them with so if they're not tracking their time they're not getting paid and we make that very clear right. um this isn't this is a way that we track your time and we've and, and it'll also level or it'll also measure productivity sure. um so in other words if they're if they click the button and then they're not moving their mouse um we know <laughs> we see right. that they have zero percent productivity and we're and it'll even take screenshots we can go in and look and it's like hey for these you know this 30 minutes your mouse didn't move your screen yeah. is the same on all of these screenshots yeah uh, and that's a problem and how much how much know, is a is a hub staff so is it a monthly thing or how do you what's the cost associated yeah. with something like that uh, I, I can't remember right off the top of my head, but I, I do know it's like per person. So every person you add, it's another $3 okay. or another $5 sure. or, or something like that. So for every VA that you have wow. utilizing it, you're going to, I think it, I think it's like $15 for up to three. And then you start adding per person. Um, if I remember correctly, we've been using it for several years, so I don't, I don't really remember off the top right. of my head. Are you Googling it right now? I see, I see the you googly see eyes. eyes moving. Uh-huh. <laughs> googly eyes that's funny uh yeah I'm did you find it yet hubstaff.com pricing mm -hmm. boom pricing yeah i have my so i have my airpods in i know you do too do you ever have that thing where you say something and it thinks that you're asking it a question like it mixes up with like hey siri and then just the dictation pops on it drives me crazy it happens every yep. time i record yeah, anything I so annoying. Okay, so for one user, uh, zero forever. Zero dollars forever is what it says. Um, mm, there you go. That's one user. Uh, let's see. Two users starts at $14 a month or seven per user, basically. Um, for their okay. basic, their premium plan is $10 a user. The enterprise is $20 a user. And they come with, uh, of course, various different... Um, things that uh for each one like timesheet approvals and payroll all that kind of expense tracking yeah. all on their premium plan um and you know, mm -hmm. the benefits go up from there um that's, that's awesome yeah, i think and, we just use the i think we just use the basic the one basic. and then um my my person that handles hr totals it all up and does all of the you know this is yeah. how much they made this is all of that stuff yeah yeah it's interesting that we talk about this because madeline my wife was just talking about you know she wants to hire some vas to help um, run her website and her Amazon channel. We're going to build out that kind of stuff. And she's like, there's got to be a way to track what's happening here. There's got to be a way that I yeah. know that they're not just arbitrarily putting numbers on a spreadsheet for their hours. You know what I mean? So I will yeah. have to let her know yeah. about this because she's going to be thrilled. 
And uh, I'll see, yeah. see, see what happens. You learn stuff. I learn stuff when we record these <laughs> things. It's all beneficial. Um, so well, this kind of does. This actually ties into our next topic or next part because we're we're going to talk about where to find VAs. Yeah. Yep. And um, the the second one that we have on our little internal list is Odesk. Right. com. Yep. And Odesk actually is a whole platform for VAs and they include a time tracking software. So if you hire a VA okay. on Odesk okay. and have them work inside of Odesk, their tracking, their time is already automatically sure. collected as well as their screenshots. It's basically, it, it's very similar to, to the way Hubstaff does it, but it's all part well, of the Odesk it, it platform. It sounds similar as well because I know my wife has done some work uh, for Upwork for managing people's Etsy stores for a while. She was getting different Upwork gigs. And Upwork does the same thing. You have to work inside Upwork. It takes screenshots. It tracks your hours. It you know has all that stuff <laughs> for you. Oh, so. you know what? Time out, time out, time out, time out. You know what I just did? Odesk is the old version of Upwork. <laughs> oh, so... <laughs> There we go. We're talking about the same exact thing. Yeah, right. Upwork is Odesk. Odesk, they changed, I don't know, a uh, couple years ago, I think. Okay. Um, and into Upwork. I think they, they it was Odesk and um, it was another was company and they combined. That came together. Okay. Yep. That's funny. I'm like, man, that sounds really, really familiar. Oh, there's a reason. It's the same thing, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah. So I have used, I've used Odesk to find people and, uh, for projects. I didn't know Odesk was, but I have used Upwork. Um, and the, the yep. other one that, well, also you can have them through Upwork or Odesk, which, ha- whichever you want to call it. Um, they actually have the VAs take tests, right? English, yep. English tests, skill proficiency, stuff like that. So that it's just another way that you can feel confident that these people are who they say they are. Uh, in addition to, yep. you know, wanting to feel safe about your, your sensitive information, but you also want to feel confident that the money you're paying these, these, these workers are, is, is going to someone that can actually pull off the tasks that you've assigned them. So that's also very cool. And they take, looks like Upwork takes 20% of the workers pay. So you, I mean, that's just an internal discussion with you and the VA, you know, about how that's all going to work, um, as far as their pay and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the other one, the, the one I've only used, um, is onlinejobs.ph, which is Philippines only. Um, we've had great luck. We found a lot of good people uh, on there. In fact, yep. one of our chief, one of our head graphic designers is is from this platform. Mm-hmm. We found him, and uh, I will do anything in my power to make sure he never, ever leaves because he's really, really good <laughs> at what he does. <clears throat> and uh, so, Travis, you've, I know you've, you've, you have used onlinejobs.ph as well. Um, mm-hmm. good luck with it, right? I mean, it's a simple process, post a job, and then basically you get inundated mm-hmm. with responses. I mean, it's pretty incredible yeah. how quickly and how many responses you'll get in a 24-hour period once you post something. Yeah, I mean, uh, the onlinejobs.ph is incredible. Um, one thing I would, if I was comparing it to Upwork, um, there are a couple, obvious couple differences. Um onlinejobs.ph is Philippines only, like you mentioned, which means that, uh, you're probably going to have some applicants that are, um, going to have some internet issues. 
a lot of a lot of the Philippines has a lot. There's a lot of people that have a lot of internet issues, and so you may not have the speeds that you could get, like if you were going for right. if you needed a programmer or somebody or somebody you know that's going to do something that's going to require them coming into your space, like like we have our our shipping VAs. They're not from the Philippines because we can't necessarily rely on on the internet that they have there. Uh, their internet connections and their ISPs. So we've gone, I think, um, well, there's, there's just other options for, um, for plate for like locations with Upwork. So not only can you filter by, you know, specific skills, um, and, you know, proficiency and, and the tests that they take, you can also filter, um, their location. So let's say I want to get somebody that's in, you know, the Ukraine or Pakistan because they have a, a, a better, you know, a higher ISP. Um, right. but you can also, you can also just ask or, or even have them do a speed test, um, from their, their ISP, wherever they're at and have them report it back to you. You might be surprised there. I'm sure there are places in the Philippines that have great internet. Um, yeah. I just know that, um, from working with a lot of Filipino uh, VAs that there's a lot of I so for example one of my VAs that does some listing for us and does some other administrative tasks about two weeks ago said hey our our place was flooded the internet was down we're actually yeah. moving uh, we've already moved we've contacted our ISP they said it'll take two weeks to hook up our internet <laughs> Um, wow. so basically I, she's saying I can't work for two weeks. Sure. Um, this person has also had other outages uh, where all of a sudden they just stop working just and you have work. no idea. Yeah. And then you get a message, Hey, I'm in an internet cafe. My IS, we had a power outage in our, you know, where I live <laughs> right. and the estimated time for the power to come back on is, you know, two days or three days or whatever. Um, I'll do as much as I can from the internet cafe when I can get there. So I say all that to, you know, kind of buyer beware, the, sure. but the trade-off Upwork typically is a little bit more. You're going to yeah. pay a little bit more for those VAs that you are, uh, when you go to onlinejobs.ph. Um, and then I'll also say that I have found probably my favorite VA, uh, VAs on onlinejobs.ph. I have some incredible relationships, people that have been working for me for three, four years now that are, yeah. that I found in the Philippines. The Philippines are, uh, the Filipinos are incredible people. They are so loyal and dependable and their work ethic is incredible. Um, I, I really love the, the Filipino people. And, uh, I think, I think you probably, um, have the same experience that I've had working with, yeah. with a lot of Filipinos. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. They're great, man. I, I highly recommend. Like you said, there's some, you know, buyer beware and just know kind of the the potentials of what could happen. Um, but mm-hmm. overall I've had nothing but a positive experience using onlinejobs.ph and I would I would highly recommend it to to anyone that's looking to yeah. kind of try uh VAs out and and uh mm-hmm. see what what we're talking about see you know i can tell you one thing it, it can be a complete game changer especially if there's repetitive things that you're doing on a daily basis that uh you can easily <laughs> offload and it, at an affordable you know w- work wage basically um yeah it, it, it'll change your life it'll take away a lot of the monotony 
and let you like like Travis was saying start growing your business, working on your business, and not just being lost in all the details of the business. So, mm-hmm. give it a shot. Uh, again, onlinejobs.ph is the place where you can uh, find them. Upwork as well, uh, and uh, you have here in the in the show notes Fiverr as well. Have you used Fiverr before when when finding? I've used Fiverr for. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily for. I mean, you can. I've, I know people that have found five, you know, Fiverr, or people that are now working for them as VAs. They found them on Fiverr. Typically, right. Fiverr. It's Fiverr.com with two R's. If you're not familiar with it, it originally right. was like yeah. um, everybody did stuff for five bucks. Now you can pay <laughs> upwards of a hundred dollars, depending on what you right. want. Um, and it's basically people just saying, "I will do X for this much money." I've I've had logos designed uh, on Fiverr, you know, social media um like banners and things like that. I've I've had that done. We actually our um intro and outro to our podcast was done yep. by uh, on a Fiverr gig. Yep. Um and so, you know, there's a lot of things like that that you can do on Fiverr. What I've heard is that if you have somebody that you continually go back to a lot, sometimes you can uh oh, I just had a ding that oh, little doorbell. Dog. Someone's You've got here. A guest. Um I've got a guess, but some people will actually extend that um, relationship and and formalize it into a virtual assistant relationship sure. with a sure. Fiverr person that they're really you know happy with. But yeah. it is it is a cool place that you can go and just get a quick you know hey, I need this spreadsheet you know created or translated into something else, or I want to have a logo done, or I want right. to have a you know, just whatever there's go to fiverr.com and you'll see what I mean. You can literally have pretty much anything done if you're willing to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. So check those places out again, just to recap, it is Fiverr, uh, Upwork and onlinejobs.ph are the three sites that we've had experience with. Uh, I'm sure there might be more out there. If there are, let us know, uh, what we're missing and we can uh, kind of follow up mm-hmm. next week on this episode. Uh, but for now, Travis, unless you have anything else to say about VAs and the miraculous, uh, stress relief they can be in your life. In some instances, um, we will just put a bow on this episode and tell you guys once again, that we are so thankful, uh, that you are list that you choose to listen. We hope that this content has been, uh, entertaining and informative and educational And I know, uh, you know, I can speak for Travis when we say that we wish this podcast existed when we first started doing print on demand, uh, (laughs) kind of a break our arms, patting ourselves on the back type thing. But, um, you know, we're really, we're always really excited to bring this content for you as always go to printondemandcast.com to get the podcast. You can reach out to us, uh, info at printondemandcast.com rate and subscribe on iTunes and, uh, let us know how we're doing. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear back from you. So, With that being said, folks, uh, for Travis, I'm Josiah. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week right here on the Print On Demand cast. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week.